hope everyone's doing well. Um, so first, it's a real honor to be sharing with you uh, this morning. Um, I've been asked to speak on dream interpretation. So my heart is really to, to excite us with this whole topic of dream interpretation and give some tools as well just to help us uh, as we go. So just by way of introduction, we did, we, we did this um, at the nine. I spoke at nine, I had five minutes at the nine, uh, which is an interesting challenge. But as Jim said, I'm James, um, my wife uh, here is Danny, and we've got three amazing boys, Zach and Joshua and Jonathan. And um, we have the, the privilege of leading one of the, the kingdom family communities here uh, at Chank. But out of interest, how many people dream? Can I just get a, a show of hands? So that's, that's most of it. And actually, the, the better way to ask the question would be, how many of us remember our dreams? Because actually, we all dream. Um, and we might not remember them, and that's actually maybe something that we can pray for at the end. But we all, we all dream. Scientific studies have shown that everybody dreams but you may not re re actually remember them in the morning. So that's something we'll, we'll go after at, at the end. Um, but what I'd, I'd just like to start by uh, just sharing is a little bit of my journey. Um, I've dreamt, as, as Jim said, most of my life since I was a child. And um, dreaming most nights, a lot less so in the last couple of years with uh, the sleep deprivation from uh, having little people in the house. But uh, through the years, would dream pretty consistently and up until relatively recently, if you were to ask me how many God dreams have I had in, in that time, I'd probably be able to point to a handful of dreams. Um, and that would be, the, the main reason would be, but those, were, those dreams were literal and, and really didn't require any interpretation. They were just um, something that was very easy to understand. Either God would be speaking or the particular events would play out very uh, uh, in subsequent history that I could observe and, and uh, really kind of identify that that was a God dream. But the majority of dreams, the hundreds if not thousands of dreams, the rest of them I would just, just put down to, to dreaming and, and would give no, no more thought to. And that all changed about four years ago. Uh, and I met a friend who, who was just, just chatting and he said, oh, I had this dream. And he, and he started sharing about the dream he'd had and uh, he, he started unpacking the symbolism, and he said, well, this, this can often mean this, this can mean this. And by the time he'd finished his, his dream, I was sitting going, actually, that sounds very credible. That sounds exactly what God is saying to you in this moment, knowing him. And it was really exciting to see that process of a dream that wasn't overtly spiritual in its, in its um, view to just hear it being explained to start off with. But by the time he'd finished, he'd unpacked it in a way that, that made it make perfect sense. So we were talking and, and um, time passed and I thought, well, let's, let's try this out. And I just had a dream. I don't know how many people have seen the, the Bourne films, the Bourne identity, kind of like secret agent kind of nonstop action. But I just had a dream like that, which was just kind of this intense going from scene to scene, nonstop kind of uh, so much stuff going on. And more kind of for a laugh, really. I thought, well, you know, I'll share this dream and see, see what you make of it. So he very uh, kindly entertained it. And he said, okay, I think, I think there might be something there. And I'm like, okay, off you go. So he started um, just working um, at, with the symbolism and, and going through the, the different scenes and the things in the dream. By the end of it, I was fighting back tears from the explanation that he'd, he'd given, from the, 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 the things that he had spoken about were revealing deep things in my heart and, and things that God was speaking into. And in all honesty, I... 
I was, I was pretty st staggered, to be honest. I genuinely thought, well, that's just a pizza dream, and that we'll find it un under pizza dreams. But it, it just that particular example was something that God had, had spoken so powerfully, powerfully to me. And uh, that was then the catalyst for me having the opportunity to, to, to do a, a Kingdom Dream interpretation course. And through that, just again, understanding the value um, of, of what God wants to communicate um, to us through our dream life. And I just want to just pause there as well, just to say that, that not every dream is from God. It's, I think it's important that we understand that. Um, and we'll come on to that actually um, shortly. So in this kind of area of, of dream interpretation, it comes under the prophetic area or prophetic ministry. And we've just had an amazing teaching series over the last few weeks on that. And Jim mentioned a book um, when he spoke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, which is called Understand Your Dreams Now uh, by uh, Doug Addison. Really easy read, really simple, gets you up and running really quickly. So I'd recommend that for anyone who, who wants to explore this further. But a guiding scripture uh, for this kind of area of, of dream interpretation uh, would be Proverbs 25 verse 2, which says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. And as we begin to understand that God has hidden things for us rather than from us, then it awakens that childlike excitement as to what God is wanting to say, what he's wanting to speak uh, in, into our lives. And as we, we recognize that God is a, a loving father and, and has got the most extraordinary gifts and he, he wants us whole, he wants our hearts whole, our relationships whole, he wants us to be, to be blessed, to be uh, full of passion and fulfilled in our lives and our calling and our purpose, when we realize that this is our heavenly father who loves us and is wanting to, to, to communicate with us, uh, obviously under the whole prophetic area, but dream interpretation is another area that, that God will do that if we'll give him the time. So really dream interpretation in summary is, is an invitation into intimacy with him, with our maker, with our father God. Now, there are many examples of dream interpretation in the Bible. Um, I just want to touch on a couple. We had in the nine uh, amazing explanation of Joseph and uh, the, the dreams that he had. Um, he had a dream where uh, he had uh, his wheat sheaf and all his brothers, 11 wheat sheaves, all bowed down to his. And then he shared that with his brothers and they got rather annoyed with him. Uh, and then he had another dream where the, moon, the, star, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to him. And again, he shared that to his, his family. His brothers were super offended. His father rebuked him. Uh, and it, but it says that his father kept the matter in mind. Now, the interesting thing is that he didn't, in terms of the biblical account, he didn't interpret those dreams. He just shared the dreams that he'd had. Um, but his family, obviously, they had a grid for dream interpretation that in their, in their interpretation, they got offended because they could see that God was raising Joseph up. And clearly that, that caused sparks within, in, the, in the family setting. But Jacob, his dad, he had had God speak to him through his life and dreams. And, and it actually says that he kept, he kept the matter in mind. So in that culture and in that setting, dream interpretation was valued. And I think that's something that we can lose in, in our very Western mindsets, very logical way of viewing life, very ordered, uh, which I think that God is wanting to restore as a way that we can expect to hear from him. So we know that uh, God spoke to Joseph and then Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, there's some amazing dreams that, that King Nebuchadnezzar had and, and visions that Daniel had. 
But the interesting point with King Nebuchadnezzar uh, was that he wasn't part of God's kingdom. He was part of the conquering, the enemy uh, force, the, ki the king of Babylon that pretty much represented everything that wasn't godly. And yet, God spoke to him. And not only did God speak to him, but God wanted him to understand the meaning of his dreams and use Daniel to interpret them. And so within this, this whole world of dream interpretation, everybody out there as well are having dreams. And I believe that God is wanting to speak to everyone, calling them home, that none would perish. And that this is an amazing opportunity as well to reach a wider community uh, in, in interpreting what God is saying. So that's another example. We had Solomon who asked for the gift of wisdom. Uh, this interaction that happened in the context of a dream that went on to, to cause him to be the most prosperous king on the earth at the time. And then into the New Testament, we've got Joseph, Mary's husband, who um, uh, he was going to put away his, his um, uh, fiancée, Mary, because he found out that she was pregnant and then had a dream. And then obviously the whole uh, course of history was changed. He realized what was going on and, and obviously moved forward and, and went on to be uh, Jesus' father and care for the family. And then subsequently had uh, directional dreams where God warned him to move to Egypt to get away from persecution. And then subsequently uh, gave him direction to move back again. So a, lo a lot of his major life decisions, I mean, huge decisions, were actually as the result of, of, of dreams. So th those are accounts of, of dreams through the Bible. And then subsequent to that, the very day of Pentecost, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, which we've just celebrated a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, as, as Anthony just uh, well, read so well just now, that Peter stands up and he takes this prophetic word of Joel from hundreds of years before, and he, he reaffirms it, reaffirms this truth, that he says, it will come to pass that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men dream dreams. And actually, the, 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 the concept of interpretation for visions and dreams is very similar. They're both pictures or moving pictures or movies that require some form of interpretation. But on the very day that the Holy Spirit was given, Peter then reaffirms again, this is a way that God speaks. Value it. And so when we're, we're looking at this whole world of, of dream interpretation, um, it's important that we do this very much in relationship with the Holy Spirit. He has the final say. All that we look at and all that we, 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 we study is very much based on, on Holy Spirit having, having the final say. So in as many ways as God will speak to us for direction, for healing, for, for encouragement, maybe for, for um, correction, maybe speaking to relationships, maybe about life callings, um, that's as many ways as God can speak through dreams. And just a, a couple of examples, uh, a friend who, who's actually part of another church, he set up a company um, based on a, a dream that he'd had. It was an integral part of this puzzle of his life at the time. He went on, went on to set up a company as a result of this dream uh, that became a multi-million pound organization, had massive influence, uh, extraordinary setting, but a dream was a catalyst for him taking that step and him paying attention to it. Um, I share a dream that, that I had just in terms of relationships, I guess. Um, but I had a, a dream, and in the dream, I'd visited a friend's house, and, and the dream just cut to me saying goodbye to my friend. And in the process of saying goodbye, I remembered that I'd accidentally made a hole in, in one of his walls about the size, size of a fist. And uh, so I apologized. 
thinking it's not a big deal. But then suddenly things were really funny between us, and the dream ended, which is a bit odd. And, and obviously, when we begin to start valuing our dreams and paying attention, then we can ask God, okay, what are you, what are you speaking about? Now, houses or buildings will very, very often represent what they contain. So this was his house. It would represent uh, his life. If it's your house that you dream about, then the likelihood it would be about your, your life. And even the room, uh, rooms can speak of different things. If you dream, for example, in the kitchen, that's where you're nourished. That's where uh, you could be speaking of your, your spiritual nourishment um, or how you're, you're feeding on, on the word of God um, uh, or how you're serving others in preparation of food. If you, uh, if you dream about your basement, that could be speaking about foundational things, foundational in issues in, in your life. If, if you dream about your bathroom, it could be about a cleansing or flushing or things that need to be, to be cleansed or flushed. So um, in, in this dream, it was a friend's house uh, representing his life. And the, the amazing thing and the fun thing with dream interpretation as well is that it's God that's speaking to us. And I believe he'll provide confirmation for us. If we want to, to pursue this, that he'll just provide those little, little confirmations to show that we're on the right track. So I woke up having had this dream and uh, looked at my phone and I had a, a message from, from this friend of mine. Now, he's a long-standing friend. He was one of my best men. I've known him over 20 years. And uh, we speak probably once a month or so. So that was a, just a bit of a coincidence that I had this message for him. So I prayed about it and thought, okay, better call him. And, and so I called him and just said, look, I had this dream. You know, in the dream, I'd caused damage to, to um, this house, your, your life. There's something I'd done. I didn't think it was a big deal, but I just want to check that I haven't done anything that's kind of caused, uh, you know, anything funny between us. And um, he's like, well, I can't think of anything, but I'll, you know, I'll pray about it. But he said, but the really interesting thing is, is that last night I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, he had just been describing that exact same scenario. He'd just stayed somewhere. He'd accidentally put a hole in the wall about the size of a fist. And it, that was kind of just, a, it just, I suppose, an encouragement. Okay, God, what, what, are, you, what are you doing here? Now, that, our friendship was very much one of one-upmanship. We would often joke with each other. Um, as you can see, I'm kind of on the, the tall end of the height spectrum. And uh, my friends, I'm more the other end. But, but we would then, you know, we, we'd just constantly just be using you know, jokes or joking with each other. And sometimes I suppose they could be cutting, although we didn't really mean anything by it. Um, but that dream became the catalyst for actually having a conversation saying, look, why don't we, going forward, let's, like, as, as we've learned in the prophetic, why don't we use words that are going to build each other up, encourage each other, rather than this kind of cutting sense of humor all the time. And both apologized for, for you know, the way that we'd spoken to each other for the previous 20 years. And since then, our friendship's just been that much stronger. Because our words do carry power. Even if we're joking, they can, you know, they can hurt sometimes. And sometimes we don't even realize that they hurt. And I don't know that I would have had the awareness without that dream to recognize that that's something that, that was an issue, to be honest. That's how we've always related, and that's how it always been. But having the dream just kind of sparked my, my uh, gave me, uh, uh, brought it to my attention of something that's, that we could deal with. And uh, so, again, that's one of the many, many ways that, that, that God can speak. So I realize I'm covering quite a bit, so I'm going to push on. Hopefully this is, this is making sense. So there's four main types of dreams or four main sources of dreams. Um, very simplistically, the first one are dreams that originate uh, in our physical being. So an example of that would be, and one that I've... 
have uh, experienced many times since being married, but uh, you're, you dream you're, you're in the Arctic or you're somewhere freezing and then you wake up to find that your wife has squealed the duvet over to the other side of the bed and then you're lying, you're lying out under the stars, as it were. Um, so that would be a dream that's originating in, in physical, your body's trying to tell you something or you're lying on your arm, you've cut the circulation off, you've had a dream that your arm's fallen off wake up only very relieved to find out that it is still there. So those would be dreams that originate in our physical, our physical being. Now, I realize we are spirits. We have a soul. We live in a body. There's no clear um, distinction between each, but this is trying to simplify, I suppose, the main areas that, that, that we can be influenced in our dreams. And diet and medication can affect uh, our, our dreams from a physical perspective. And the next is soul-based dreams, which would be our mind, our will, our emotions. And uh, those dreams can originate if, if we're meditating on a particular subject. Maybe it's a, a difficult situation at work. Maybe it's a difficult relationship. Um, if we're meditating on, on a particular subject, that can play out in our dream life as well. So um, that would be a dream that's, that's more identified as a soulish dream or something that's based in our soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And for the, the singles as well who, you know, praying one day to get married, that... Um, Sometimes if you're, if you're focusing on someone or thinking, oh, that would be a, a great life partner and you're, um, you're besotted with someone, say, you can then dream about that person and then it's important to realize that's not an endorsement of God saying this is the person that you're going to marry. It can be originating from the soul, just to understand. That. Obviously, God can speak in dreams about the person you're going to marry um, for those uh, who are married and maybe have those situations. But just to be aware, that would be an example maybe of a soulish dream. So just to, to, to be careful there. Um, the next is uh, demonic, uh, demonically influenced dreams, which we would classically call nightmares, which was something that Jim was, was um, breaking off and, and praying into. And those would be dreams that really are, 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 are there to cause fear and cause uh, d discouragement. And in the, the book um, that Doug Addison wrote, he used this really interesting term about flipping negative dreams and really understanding that if you're having or have had nightmares or night terrors, to see that as an encouragement. Because the enemy is trying to oppose something that God has set in you. And so rather than, than um, being discouraged by it, instead we begin to realize the spiritual authority that we have as children of God, that we can command things to, to, to move in the name of Jesus, uh, and also it calling on the name of Jesus in the middle of that if, if, you, if you have or have had nightmares, I've done that many times where I've called on the name of Jesus and either I've, then I've woken up or the dream's changed and then the, it, it moves on. So that's the authority we have. And if you do have uh, dreams like that, the next time in the dream, and often you'll remember this, okay, Jesus, I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. His name is higher than, than every other. And as, as parents as well, for those who have kids, um, if the children have bad dreams, we can tell them the same. Look, you can, you can tell that thing to go or whatever it is in the name of Jesus. And you can even say, you can tell it to go and tell daddy, tell them daddy says it has to go or tell them mummy says it has to go. Because the authority and the covering we have as parents over our kids is, is real and will also translate into their dreams as well. So that they're equipped and they can stand against um, bad dreams. And then the last type, which is what we're looking at, is, is God dreams, dreams that are inspired by God, dreams that, that he is, is wanting to communicate with us. And there can be overlap between all these different 
forms of dreaming. So a dream that could start off in the Arctic, um, then maybe we'll move on and God will speak in that. Dreams that can even start in the soul can then move on. So um, there can be overlap between all these, all these types of dreams. And as we're um, uh, breaking these, the, the dreams down, um, because it comes under this heading of the prophetic, there are just a couple of key things and key um, foundational uh, principles that just would serve us really well in, in dream interpretation. So the first would be that God is good and that we interpret all dreams from the perspective that God is good and always from a redemptive um, perspective rather than a judgmental one. So if you look at Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream which was very much speaking of his upcoming judgment. The way Daniel interpreted that was to say, okay, well, maybe if you humble yourself, this won't happen. And it was very much rather than you wicked king, you're the one who's you know, conquered Israel, this is your time, it's coming now, ha-ha. He was very much bringing in a, a, um, a redemptive uh, interpretation for, for the dream. And so that's what, what we get to do. Um, and just quickly, 1 Corinthians 14.3, as we've looked at over the last few weeks, the one who prophesies speaks to peop the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So in terms of interpreting a dream, that's what we would look to bring, that we're strengthening people, we're encouraging them, we're comforting them. Practice on your own dreams, that's the best, best place to, to, to do it. And even in groups, sometimes we can get stuck on our own dreams um, just because uh, God wants us in community. So pra practice. And if you're interpreting someone else's dream, it's important that we do it in a safe space. And uh, dreams... Uh, extraordinary in that they get behind our conscious thinking they get behind all our natural defenses and dreams can reveal like the deep deepest things of our heart things that we may not even be aware of uh, so it's important that when we're interpreting someone else's dream that we do it with confidentiality we do it with integrity and we do it in a safe space so if you're uh, uh, having people over for dinner or a dinner party and someone says, oh, interpret this dream, and they share something, they might not be aware of what they've just shared as far as what the dream can, could, could pertain to. And rather than sitting there to, you know, to look good in that setting, it's not about the, the interpreter looking good or, or feeling good. It's about the person whose dream is being interpreted feeling good. So probably a wise thing to do would be to say, Look, why don't we do this you know, later or in, in a safe space? So just that's a, 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 a great thing to remember. And also don't force an interpretation. If someone doesn't want to know, uh, or they, it, it's entirely up to them, it's their dream. It's not your responsibility to, to try and um, force an interpretation if they don't, they don't want to, to receive it. And when we're interpreting, again, we do it with humility and sensitivity. Um, so rather, uh, in the way that you uh, release what you're saying, you would say, this is what I feel, or I feel God may be saying, or this is what I think this means, rather than, thus says the Lord. Because you need to leave somewhere for the, inter the, 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 the dreamer to actually be able to go and process this, because ultimately it's that they need to know um, that this is, this is from God. We're all people, we, we get things wrong, and we need to leave space, space for that. And within that, the importance of accountability, that we can also receive feedback. Um, that's, that's really key. And when interpreting a dream, we, when we uh, re release the interpretation, so you have the revelation, which is the dream itself, the interpretation, but then we need to ask as well for the application and what is our response to it. So rather than maybe revealing a problem or something going on, that we ask Holy Spirit, okay, what, what do we do with this? 
James 1.5 says that if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And if you ask, you don't doubt, you'll receive it. So it's an easy thing to ask for that wisdom that we can then apply and help apply to, to the situation. And when we start taking value in our dreams and actually applying or taking an application or taking a step based on um, the interpretation, we'll, I think, I personally believe we'll see our dream lives increase more and more. And lastly on that, just if it's a major thing that you're dreaming about, again, God can provide confirmation outside of a dream. So um, it's always good to submit those dreams to leaders, to our community. If, if it's a huge life decision and you've had a dream, um, I'd recommend submitting it to, to community and asking other people to pray rather than you've just had a dream of moving across the other side of the world and you pack up your bags and go the next day. Maybe just weigh that up to check that you're on the right lines and it's not symbolic for something else. Okay, does that... Does that make sense? Okay, so um, what I'd love to do, if we could all just stand up for one, one second. <clears throat> just gives me a chance just to have a quick sip of water. Okay, just shake. <clears throat> shake your arms, there we go. Just get a bit of movement, okay. Uh, and sit down again, thank you. So, <clears throat> there we go. <clears throat> and so... What I'd like to do now is just move into to an activation. I'm going to share an example of a dream and just share the, the, the key ways to deconstruct a dream. So you've had a dream. It's like this emotional roller coaster, all this stuff going on, and you've, you've got this in your lap. You're like, what do I do about it? So first and foremost, might come as no surprise, pray. Uh, that's a really good start. So we invite Holy Spirit into the process, and we learn to trust divine hunches that we get as we're looking at the dream. So start off with prayer. Number two, give the dream a title. So um, it doesn't have to be uh, anything particularly special, but just a way that references that, that dream for you when you're looking back at it. And actually in the words that you choose to title the dream, uh, you can even find that more is revealed because you're, you're writing down what you've just experienced and the particular words that you use to capture the title may um, also reveal more about what the dream means. Um, always date them. Uh, I'd recommend in the nine o'clock or the kids got dream journals, but if you, if you have a value for this, start writing your dreams down or if you've got a phone, a phone by your bed that you can, you can capture it and record the dream down. But get the date down as well. It really helps looking back. You can look at your life events, the world events, and see how it correlates to, to the dream that you've had. And then the next one is to, to capture the prevailing emotion. So that would be how you felt in the dream. So whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're excited, whether you're fearful, but that prevailing emotional, emotion is really the lens that you use to look at the dream and the way that you'll interpret uh, the symbols and the context that you're used to in interpret the same symbols. So we've got the, the title, we've got the date, the prevailing emotion, and then write the dream down. Uh, it doesn't have to be war and peace. Two or three paragraphs uh, will do it. Uh, and if you're interpreting someone else's dream, then just make notes and read it back to them just to make sure that you've got the, 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 the key points and the right meaning. So just to take through this process, I'm going to share a dream that I had uh, a while ago. And uh, so you can just see very simplistic, um, but hopefully it will help. So I'm going to read the dream I had. I was a passenger in a car. I was being driven by a pastor of a, of a church movement at the, t at the time. And one of his assistant pastors was in the back seat. We were driving fast down the road, and he was telling me excitedly all the miracles that God was doing, and he was reading them from a leather-bound folder. 
as he was telling me, he, he wasn't looking at the road. He was basically had this folder in front of his, his face, and uh, he was skidding off the road at high speed, uh, always coming back onto the road, and just super excited about what he's sharing. Meanwhile, I'm in the passenger seat, braced for, for impact, and I, I'm shouting at this point. And he just kind of lovingly, calmly, is just kind of chuckling about, obviously, I'm not getting it, um, and just continues to share testimonies in the goodness of God. So they, he and his, his, his assistant pastor completely calm, and I'm in the passenger seat freaking out. And then the dream ends. <clears throat> so you've, you've caught the dream. The next thing to establish is the primary focus. So the primary focus is likely going to be a person. It, it could be an object, but more often than not, the primary focus will be you. You're the dreamer. You're the one who's active in the dream. And so in the majority of cases, the dream is going to be about you. Um, if it's not, if it's about somebody else and you're merely observing, then they would likely be the, the, the primary focus. And in that instance, that would be a situation to pray for or intercede for. If you have relational capacity with that person, if they're a friend um, or uh, yeah, a family member, then you can obviously you can share the dream. Um, but if it's someone, uh, yeah, maybe a, a church leader or someone d distant, then it would just be really a, a, an opportunity to pray for them or someone that you don't have relationship with. And if it's, if it's something that God wants you to speak into, into that person's life, then particularly with leaders, very, ask for confirmation, ask for a, for a form of redundancy, so otherwise James and Lee will be bombarded with, with dreams uh, as a result of this. So if you're dreaming about someone else, usually it's an opportunity to pray, unless it's someone close to you. An example of, uh, of someone close, I suppose, I had a dream uh, where it was literally just a picture of a friend's face, and he was just contorted with anguish. And, and that was the dream. I, I had no kind of interaction. It was just a picture of this guy's face. And he's a close friend, again, someone I hadn't spoken to in a while, um, prayed and just felt to call him up because we had that relationship. So look, just had this dream. Are you okay? And he's like, actually, that's describing exactly what's going on at the moment. And so I was able to pray with him. And he's super encouraged that God would give me a dream on the other side of the world about what he's facing in his, kind of, his present reality. So it was an amazing encouragement for him. But because I knew him, we were close friends, I could share the dream. If it was someone distant, then it would be an opportunity to, to, to pray. So the primary focus is usually the only literal component in a dream. So more often than not... Um, Unless it's family members or very close friends, uh, the, the primary focus would be the only literal component, and as such, everything else would, uh, would require interpretation. So in this dream that I had um, in the car, I would be the primary focus. I'm the one who's interacting, and, and so I, I'm really the literal component in the dream. The next step is to identify the key elements. So really maximum seven. These are the kind of the key things, the people, the places, objects, the themes, the event, the weather, the time of day. These would be kind of the big things uh, in, in the dream um, and just capture, capture those. So this dream that I had in the car, the car would be one. Um, this pastor would be one with the associate pastor and the testimonies would be one, maybe the road as well. Um, so you'd, you'd capture these kind of main, main things within the dream. And then you can go on to, to add more detail. So, for example, the, yeah, the pastor uh, the, wasn't looking where, where they're going, um, so focusing on the, on the testimonies. And you can begin to, to, to bring detail. Sometimes the detail is useful. Sometimes it's, it's really not. And it's just describing a scene that we would 
um, otherwise take for granted. So um, it's kind of it's certainly get the key, the, 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 the main broad strokes for it. And then we move on to, to identifying the meaning. So we've, just to take a step back, we've got the title of the dream. So in that dream, I probably title it out of control in, in this pastor's car. Um, the data, the prevailing emotion for that dream would be excitement because I was excited to start off with and then kind of move more to freaking out at the end. Um, but those would be the prevailing emotions. I'm the primary focus. We've got these kind of key elements. And then we begin to identify the meanings for the, for the key elements uh, going forward. So just a quick step back. Um, the Bible itself is full of metaphor. It's full of symbolism. And Jesus would teach these profoundly deep spiritual truths using sim symbols from everyday life. And it, what, what he would so often then go on to do is afterwards he'd bring the disciples aside and he'd explain what he was talking about. But most of the people wouldn't get it. It would be, uh, the language would be veiled for them. But it's an amazing kind of type of, of for dream interpretation and understanding this area that God might use veiled language, but as we draw aside an intimacy, that we can expect to have the understanding um, revealed to us. Um, so that throughout, throughout the Bible, um, God is using uh, symbols, and the Bible itself requires a lot of interpretation. The more we're familiar with it, the more we, we forget that we're actually interpreting things along the way. I mean, a classic would be um, where Jesus speaks about the word, the parable of the sower, and the, the word being sown, and talks about, makes this uh, connection between the word and the seed and our hearts being good soil. And in that very illustration, in that very picture, the depth of what he is communicating in those truths makes us understand all these characteristics about the Word of God, the way it works, how it's important to keep uh, our, our hearts, uh, the, the uh, garden of our hearts, um, well kept, um, and, and to nourish the Word that it would be be fruitful. But without that that symbolism, without those that analogy, we we wouldn't we wouldn't get that. We'd miss half of that. So that, the old adage of a picture tells a thousand words is, is so, so key in, in dream interpretation. And it's okay to study. Um, so we can look up um, the, the meaning of symbols. There's a, a great website called Christian Dream Symbols um, that has a lot of the, the imagery that we would, might encounter in a dream, and it's very much rooted in, in biblical context. Um, so it's, it's a great, great little resource. But it's, it's okay to study these, these things, but not without Holy Spirit. So when we're studying, uh, uh, um, studying our dreams, studying the understanding and the meaning, um, that we, we do it um, very much in partnership with Holy Spirit. We need to resist the urge to think literally uh, when things in a dream are often symbolic. And that's one of the biggest battles. Is you see something, you're like, oh, that's what it's about, clearly, because that's what, what this thing is. And actually, it's, it's symbolic, and it's representing something, something else. And, and within dream interpretation, really, it's a combination of symbolic understanding and hearing God's voice. That is how, how, how we... Um, yeah, how we, how we interpret dreams. And when we, we recognize the function or the characteristic of something, then we can understand the metaphor's meaning. So if we see an object or something in a dream, when we understand what that object does, what its function is, then we can understand what that is communicating to us in the dream. So as I've said, buildings will often represent the things they contain. So if it's like your office building, uh, it could it could represent your organization or the, the people at work or your work life. Um, transport uh, is something, a car is something that takes us from one place to another, takes us on that journey. 
and uh, as such can often represent our lives or aspects of our lives, maybe our vocation, maybe our ministry, um, but, but uh, that's usually what, what transport would represent. Bigger transports, so maybe a, a bus or a, a, a plane could represent a, a whole church or a ministry or uh, an organization taking people from one place to another. People can often represent the very position that the person carries. So a police officer would be someone with authority uh, and as such could represent God. Um, they, people can represent their names. So whatever the meaning of their name is, there's another great book. Um, uh, the, it's a, I'll, I'll come back on that, but it's the, the meaning of, the, of people's names. It's a great resource to look up the underlying name, names of, of what people's names mean. Um, again, the, the, that person could represent their life achievements. Um, if it's um, pastors or church leaders, they can often represent God because of the office that they carry of responsibility. Um, they, if you're dreaming about James and Luke, could be dreaming of God, the Father of Holy Spirit. Um, if they're, if they're family or friends, it could actually represent that person. But we need to just be careful that we're not going straight to, well, I had a dream about such and such, therefore it's about such and such, because it could be the meaning of their name or the, or the position they carry that God's wanting to speak to us. Likewise, animals, um, very often you look at the characteristic of the animal, um, and that would be uh, what, what God's looking to communicate. And again, the prevailing emotion can, can affect that. So, for example, a lion could be, um, you know, lions represent the, the, the Jesus or God is represented as the lion of the tribe of Judah, but also the enemy. It says in Peter can can uh, roar around, uh, walk around like a, a lion seeking who to, to de devour. So um, it's important that that when we look at the the characteristics, that we do it with the filter of the prevailing emotion that we have. So a great prayer is is to to ask God, God, what are you speaking through this animal, through this plant, through this person, through this situation? And then one of the key things with dream interpretation is to ask questions. So when we look at the meaning of something, we can look at the first and foremost the meaning of what that, that symbol means in the Bible. We can see what it means culturally in our cultural understanding. But the, I guess the most important is what that symbol means to the individual whose dream we're interpreting. So you have a dream and it's got, uh, I don't know, a, a, a pink hippopotamus in it. And hippos, big mouths, they're quite bold, brash creatures, could represent someone who's loud mouthed, someone who's bold, or, or maybe gossip. Um, until you speak to the person, does that mean anything to you? Oh yeah, I had a, a, a pink hippopotamus as a cuddly toy as a kid. And every time I got scared, I'd cuddle that and it would comfort me. And so the meaning then of that symbol would be drastically changed for that person. So rather than using a generic symbol or understanding, um, it's so important that we, we dialogue with the person whose dream we're, we're interpreting. And as we know that person, that helps give context, but questions, questions, questions. It's a, it's a, for me, I'm very much learning, but it's a very interactive process of understanding where the person's coming from. So going back then to the dream that I had, the, the pastor in my interpretation, I would see that as representing God. I would see that the road as being my, my life journey or what I think is my life journey. And, and the focusing on testimonies, all these detours and seemingly being out of control and me freaking out because that's the way I think I should be going. But actually it's a case of getting excited with what God's doing, allowing his testimonies to prophesy the way ahead. And it might be that I'm not traveling straight down. I want to go fast down that road. But actually, by the, the swer swerving off course is completely fine. In the dream, God was so calm, or the, the 
pastor representing God was super calm and almost jokingly laughing at me while I'm freaking out while we're going all over the place. But actually, that's, that's exactly what he was intending to do because he was focusing more on the, the, the testimonies. He's focusing on, on what God's doing rather than, okay, well, this is where I should be going and this is what we should be doing. So then you'd, you'd, um, you'd summarize the dream. Actually, one thing I just missed out, but look for things that provide context for the dream. So if you have a dream and it's in your work building or your work colleagues are there, the likelihood is the dream is going to be uh, uh, linked to your work life. If, you, if the dream is about a, a close family member, again, it might be about family life. Or if it's in, in church, it might be something that God's speaking in, in your church life. But look for things within the dream that prov- will provide a context that you can hang the interpretation on. And in this dream, with the car very much speaking of our lives, uh, or even the ministry aspect of our lives, um, there was a, a very much a God element or... A, uh, um, because it was a pastor, I would uh, see that more as, a, as a, uh, a dream to be interpreted in the context of, of ministry rather than vocation for me. So we summarize the, the dream. We watch for a response. And even through asking the questions, does this mean this or how does this feel? Watch for a response. And very often you'll get aha moments of people going, oh, yeah, I hadn't seen that. Wow. Or maybe well up like I, I was when I had my dream interpreted that time ago, or it might be a case of people putting down the hatches, oh, don't want to go there. Um, but whatever that response is, look for those responses. Obviously, if they don't want to go there, then, then don't go there. But um, you can get a feel as well for how it's, how it's connecting with the person's heart. And then lastly, once you've interpreted that dream, move on to application. So then ask Holy Spirit, what is my response to this dream that I've just had? What, what do you want me to do? And in this case, for me, it was very much to, to repent for not trusting God and to even to revisit testimonies that I've had and experienced to, to, to prophesy of, of, of what's ahead and what, what was, what's, what's in front of me. So I hope that's, that's been useful. It's been a very much a whistle-stop tour. In summary... Dream interpretations, ultimately, they, they belong to God. We get to participate in partnership with him and with the Holy Spirit. When God sets a mystery before us, it's an invitation into intimacy with him. He wants to expand our ability to perceive. And in the struggle, in the wrestle of trying to understand, uh, he wants to increase our wisdom. Our wisdom will grow. And sometimes it is a, a wrestle because we don't often think that way. But it will unlock and develop areas of wisdom in our hearts keep practicing. And as long as we're using the Holy Spirit as our guide and the Bible as a reference, dream interpretation is safe and it's fun. I I encourage you all to keep a notebook and pen, a phone by your bed, and uh, be expectant to have more dreams than you ever had. Because as we place value on this as a way that God speaks to us, I believe that he will will value that and enable us to dream more. Thanks very much. (laughs)